Well, as we were coming back from vacation this past week, I got up that morning and uh, had my normal quiet time. And during that quiet time, I uh, sat down and I prayed to God that he would get us home safely and that we wouldn't have any run-ins with the law as we came home. And lo and behold, we're going down the street and clipping along pretty well. And uh, Someone pulls out in front of us, and uh, I kind of get a little frustrated that they're slowing me down. I'm making a good pace to get back home, excited to be back at work and all of those things. And uh, But lo and behold, they slow me down, and, and I'm getting frustrated. I can't pass them. We're in a no-passing zone, and then up over the hill... There's a highway patrol who is there clocking people. And so even as I was in the process of praying, God was in the process of answering our prayers. And we're going to see that in our passage this morning. As the church was praying for Peter, God was in the process of answering their prayers and releasing him. But did they really believe that God would release Peter from prison because he comes and knocks on the door and their response is quite surprising. So let's get an overview of what we're going to see this morning. We're going to see the re believer's response to trials. They're, there's a trial, there's a tribulation that comes upon them, and we're going to see their response to that trial is prayer. And then we're going to see God's response to their prayer, and that is that he answers their prayer. And Peter is released. And then we're going to see, as I said earlier, the believer's attitude in prayer. Did they really believe that God was going to answer their prayer? Before we get to our specific passage, though, let's think about the book of Acts. The book of Acts is written by Luke, and it's his account of the first 30 years of the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. And the book can be broken down into three big sections based off of one verse, Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the truth is, in our own power, in our own strength, we can't go out and share the gospel message with people because of the persecution and, and the ways that people react and act to us. And so God gave us the power of the Holy Spirit to go out there to empower us to spread the gospel message. And then that verse goes on to say, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, chapters 1 through 7, in Judea and Samaria, chapters 8 through 12, after the stoning of Stephen, and Stephen is put to death, then there's persecution, and so the believers are not so comfortable just to hang around there in Jerusalem and spread the message there, so they spread out. They, they try to run away from the persecution, and with that, they take the gospel message with them. And then even to the ends of the earth, 13 through 28, that we've been seeing in grow groups on Sunday morning. Paul spreads the message as he goes on his three missionary journeys and he takes the message even to the ends of the earth. And that's what we're all called to do as well. We are to be his witnesses. We are to be witnesses of the death and resurrection. We are to proclaim the message of Christ's death, how he died on the cross paying for sin, how he arose from the grave to conquer death so that whoever would simply believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And that was his message and that is our message as well. And if you're here today and you've never believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life, right where you're sitting, you can believe in him and he offers you as a gift, eternal life. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to go to heaven. You'll be with him for all eternity. 
Well, that's the gospel message, the message we are to be spreading. And that message was spreading. And as we continue to see that the persecution is spreading as well, and there's persecution again in the city of Jerusalem. And this time, it doesn't involve Stephen, but it involves James and Peter. What happens? James will be put to death, and Peter will be arrested, thrown in prison, and the plan is for him to be put to death as well. Well, how does the church respond to this trial, to this problem? Peter will be put to death the next day. Think about this. How do you and I respond to trials and tribulations? You know, many times we get mad. We get angry with God, and we, we think that it's God that's causing this to happen to us. Sometimes we get mad. We get angry at other people who are around us. But that's not how we're to respond. Some of us respond with pity. God, why me? You know, I'm doing everything that you called me to do. I'm trying to live for you as best as I can. So why are you allowing this to happen? Poor, pitiful me. And then sometimes we just deny the problems. We deny the truth that it's there. We try to live in another world, and we just don't worry about the trial and the tribulation. We think it'll take care of itself, but we've got to face the trials, the problems, the tribulations. How do we face them? We do as the church does in this passage. We turn to God in prayer, trusting him with our trials and our tribulations. We cast our cares upon the Lord. Well, that's what the church is doing. It says in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let your requests be made known to God. Let the church, the body of Christ, those in your grow group, those in your inner circle, be making intercession for you. And that's what the church is doing. They're making intercession on behalf of Peter. So... Do they believe, though, even though they're there, they're praying, do they really believe that what God, that God is going to do what it is that they're praying for? Well, let's get in our passage, and as we go through this, we're going to see three key truths. Number one is, when problems come, the proper response is prayer. Number two is, as we are in the process of lifting up our prayers, God is in the process of answering our prayers. And number three, all prayers should be offered expecting God's answer. Well, let's begin as we look at this, look first at the trial that has come upon the church. James is about to be put to death. Peter in prison. The plan is that he'll be put to death shortly, but it is their response, the response of the church that we want to focus on, and it leads us to our first truth. When trials come, we should respond in prayer. Look with me at verse 1. It says, now about that time, the king laid hands, now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. About that time, the time that the church is growing, the gospel message of Jesus Christ has spread outside of Jerusalem. Paul has believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. Cornelius, a Gentile, has believed. There are Samaritans who have believed in Jesus Christ. The opposition between the Jews and the Christians had grown. The Roman government also begins the persecution of Christians. Herod is the king. He's the grandson of Herod the Great, and he is a wicked man as, 
himself. And he laid hands and he meant to arrest them, to put people in jail. And we'll see even in this passage that he wants to kill the people who belong to the church, the believers. He was mistreating them. In the gospel of John, Jesus told his disciples, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. So this persecution should have come as no surprise to them. But the truth is, whenever we stand for a clear grace message of salvation, we too may be persecuted and we too probably will be persecuted because people say that it's more than faith alone and Christ alone. You have to live a good life. You have to live by the law. You have to be legalistic. You have to, you have to, you have to. All of these different things in order to be saved or to know you're saved. But that's not what the Bible says. That's not what Paul says. He says, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's what Jesus said. Paul says it's faith in Christ. It's not by our works, our goodness, our righteousness that we are saved, but it's by faith in Jesus Christ that we are saved. And the truth is, you know, many people, they say that you have your way to God, I have my way to God, and, and you know, you just have your way, I'll have my way. There's not just one way to God, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, so there is only one way to God. Jesus said it, the book of Acts says it, in Acts 4.12, for there is salvation in no one else, no other name given among men by which you must be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. So there is only one way to Jesus Christ, and it's through the person, or only one way to God, and that's through the person of Jesus Christ. If we stick to that message, we're going to have persecution. Persecution was happening at that time, and it was growing. Let's look at the details in verse 2. It says, and he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. So James, the brother of John, the one who was of the inner circle of, of Jesus Christ, he was one that was on the Mount of Transfiguration. He was with Jesus in the garden right before he was arrested and taken and killed. Je James and John and Peter, they were all three there. And this guy, he is now, James is dead. He's had his head cut off. A disciple of Jesus from the inner circle. Look on to verse three and we see how the Jews responded to this increased persecution. When they saw that it pleased the Jews, when he saw that it pleased the Jews, when Herod saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. Peter had already been warned not to teach in Jesus' name and he had been put in prison in the past for it. Back in Acts chapter five, he was told not to preach in Jesus' name. He was put in prison and there, you know what happened? An angel of the Lord came and opened the, get, opened the prison doors and he went out and he did what they told him to do, told it or what he was told not to do by the Jewish leaders and he was told to do it by these by the angel and that was to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ and so Peter goes back to the temple and he proclaims the message of Jesus Christ. They weren't going to stop him from doing what God called him to do. Well, the Jews were glad that Herod and Peter, that Herod had Peter arrested. 
it was very timely as well because it was during the days of unleavened bread, which meant all of the Jewish people were going to be coming to Jerusalem. And if they came to Jerusalem and they saw Peter killed for his faith, then it would make them more timid to share their faith if they were believers. If they were not believers, they weren't going to hear the message because Peter wasn't going to be there to give the message of Jesus Christ. And so the timing was, was preferable for the Jewish leaders. Look on in verse 4 as we see their plan. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So there were four squads of soldiers, 16 soldiers that were watching over this one person. You see, Herod knew that Peter had already been broke out of prison one other time. And so he was going to do everything humanly possible to make sure that, that Peter couldn't get out of prison. And so he did everything humanly possible to make sure that it wasn't going to happen. But God had a plan, just as Herod had a plan. His plan was to bring him out after the Passover and have him killed like James was killed. So what a problem. James is already dead. Peter will be next. Two apostles, two of Christ's inner circle, they're going to be dead. What was the church to do? What are you and I to do when the trials arise? You know, some of us, we feel hopeless. Some of us blame God, but others do as we see the church do in this passage. They turn to God. Trials and problems can either bring us closer to God or they can pull us farther away. What's going to make that determination is how we respond to the trials in life. Are we going to turn to God or are we going to blame God? Well, let's see the church's response in verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. Prayer was being made. Literally, they kept on praying fervently, earnestly, putting their heart into it. Prayer was being made when the trial came. The church turned to God by prayer. This is the proper response and the application that we should make when trials come in our lives. And the truth is all of us have trials and tribulation. We have family sicknesses. We have broken relationships. We have pressure at work or pressure at school. We have a constant pull to be shaped by the world. We have bills that we can't afford to pay. We have fears. We have heartache. We have all kinds of things going on in our lives. Each and every one of us have trials and tribulations that we're going through at this point point in time. So where do we go with these problems? We go to the Lord in prayer. Here at Stillwater Bible Church, we have a prayer chain that you can get on our, our mobile app or you can get on our website or you can call the church office and give your requests and send them to the church office and desire to have them sent out to the church so that the church can be praying for your needs. And it's not just for our physical prayer requests, but for our spiritual prayer requests as well. And it's something that I think is not utilized as much as it should be. But we need to let our, our request to be made known so that others can be interceding on our behalf. Psalm 121 says, where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. So we're to be anxious for nothing. We're to lift up our requests and we're to give our requests to the church so they can make requests and intercession for us as well. Well, the church was requesting, making requests for Peter. And we'll see later in this passage that they were all gathered at the mother of John Mark's house. And they were in an all-night prayer um, time, and they were praying for 
Peter, but as we continue to see this second truth concerning prayer. And that is, as we are in the process of praying, God is in the process of answering. As we continue in the passage, let's see God's answer. Look with me at verse 6. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and guards at the front door were watching over the prison. So what was going on the night before Peter was going to be executed? He's chained to two guards, one on one side who is chained to him, who is also probably chained to the prison wall or to the gate, and the another guard on the other side chained to him chained to the wall or to the prison door and and Peter is stuck there and what is he doing do you think he's worried and that he that he's that he's pacing around and and, and wondering uh, how can I get out of this situation that I'm in um, in my own strength in my own power are there people that are going to come and, and get me no what's he doing he's resting in the Lord it makes me think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they knew that God had the ability and the power to release them from the fiery furnace, if it be his will. But if not, they weren't going to give up what it was that he had called them to do. Peter was the same way. I'm not going to quit sharing the gospel message just because people tell me not to. I'm going to rest in the Lord. I'm going to trust his will and his work in my life. And if he takes my life, then so be it. His will be done. It's hard to do that. I know it's not easy for me. Do you and I believe, though, that God is working in the events in our lives? Do we believe that God is going to answer our prayers? We should, and we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But let's see what happens there in verse 7. The guards are all around him, but look at what happens. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off. An angel appeared, and this bright light shone in there as the angel appeared. But you notice, no one woke up not even Peter. So what did the angel have to do? He had to give him a little nudge and he said, wake up, Peter. And then he gives him some instructions in verses eight and nine. And the angel said to him, gird yourselves and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow and did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. So the angel says, get dressed, come on, put on your sandals. But the, Peter thought he was having a vision. He didn't know that this was for real. Look on with verse, seven, verse 10. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street and immediately the angel departed from him. So he passed right by the guards. The, the iron gate opens by itself. Peter was out of prison. He was free. Then the angel departed. The prayer had been answered. Peter was free. While we're in the process of offering up our prayers, God is in the process of answering them. Look on to verse 11. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people were expecting. The Jewish people were expecting him to be executed, to be killed for his faith. 
But he came to himself. He realized that this was not what was happening. He was not having a vision. He wasn't having a dream. This was for real. And notice what he says. I know for sure that the Lord rescued me. Peter recognized who it had rescued him from Herod and the Jewish people. What should we do when God rescues us? We should give credit where credit is due. Many times we say, man, that was a lucky break that I got out of that situation. Man, I did this and I did that and I got myself out of that situation. But who should get the glory? It is God. God is the one who he has been praying for, praying to. God is the one who he is living for. And whenever he gets out of prison, he gives glory to God. There is no telling the number of times that God has protected us and rescued us whenever we didn't even realize it. But realize this, that while the church is in the process of lifting up their prayers, God was in the process of answering them. The group at John Mark's mother's house are in an all-night prayer time for Peter, and God has answered. We must realize that God answers our prayers in the same way. While we're in the process of lifting up our requests, he is in the process of answering them. You may say, wait a minute, I've prayed a lot of times, and God has not answered. But let me tell you this, God always answers our prayers and he answers them in three ways. He answers either yes, either no, or wait. Sometimes God answers our prayers, yes, just like we make our requests, God answers them in that way. And to that we say, to God be the glory, thank you, that is exactly what I wanted for my life, for your will, and for others around us. Sometimes he answers no, and we'll talk more about why we get a no answer here in just a few minutes. But sometimes God answers our request with a no. But the truth is, whenever he answers no, we've got to understand, we've got to know that he knows what is best for us. And if we get a no answer, then God has something better in store for us waiting in the future. And sometimes he says, wait. You know, sometimes he he says wait because we need to wait because he needs to mature us. He needs to grow us. He needs other circumstances around us to change before he answers our request. So God answers our prayers. He answers them in three ways, yes, no, or wait. Well, from that, we see the third truth concerning prayer, and that is all prayers should be answered offered expecting an answer. The church has turned to God. God has answered, and they don't know it. But we would think that they'd be expecting God to answer. We, we would think that they'd be expecting Peter to knock at the door if they were in there and they were praying for his release. Do you and I expect God to answer our prayers? Well, let's see the example that is set by the church here, which I see as a negative example. In verse 12, it says, and he realized this. Peter realized that he was free. And so what does he do? He goes to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. When he knocked at the door, a servant girl named Rhoda came and answered. So Peter recognizes 
recognized that he was free and he goes where the church is gathered praying for him and he knocks on the door and this servant girl named Rhoda comes and answers the door. Now let's look at her response first. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but she ran and announced that Peter was standing outside of the gate. So she understands who it is that's at the gate. Peter is there. Hey church, you are in there and you're praying for Peter to be released. Guess what? He's at the door. And you would think, man, they would say, Yahoo, let's get excited. Thank you, God, for what you've done. But look at their response in verse 15. They said to her, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. They kept saying, it is his angel. What was their response? You're crazy. You've lost your mind, lady. She kept insisting and they kept doubting. It is his angel, it is his spirit. They thought that he was already dead and that maybe it was his spirit that was at the gate. So did they really believe that God was going to answer their prayers? Did they go to God in faith, trusting him? You know, so many times I think in our lives that we go to God and we make our requests known to him, giving him a cop out just in case he doesn't answer our prayer requests. I'm guilty of it as well. You know, sometimes we'll pray for so-and-so that, that he would be healed from this disease. But God, if you decide not to heal him, it's okay because I know he's going to be with you because he's a believer. Is that our request that God, whatever you want to do? No our request is that he be healed and that he be here with us and that he get to live for you. And so that needs to be our request and we need to leave it at that. If God so chooses not to heal him and, and not release him from, from this sickness, then God has a better plan and his answer is no and it is okay that, that God doesn't answer exactly like we want to every time. But we should go to God with our request as specific as we can with our request and expect God to answer our request just as we present it to him. Well, the church, they didn't, believe that Peter was at the door, that it was him that was knocking. But look at verse 16, but Peter continued knocking. Hey guys, I'm out here. Who's going to come and let me in? So he was knocking and when, he, when they opened the door, they saw him and they were amazed. They couldn't believe that Peter was there, but what were they doing? They were praying for his release, but motioning to them with his hand, he said, be silent. And he described to them how the Lord had led him out of prison. And he said, report these things to James and the brethren. Then he left and went to another place. They weren't expecting an answer. How many times do you and I pray not expecting God to answer? Do you really think that God will save one of your loved ones that you're praying for on a regular basis? Do you think our family and friends will get well? Do you really think that God will supply our needs that we have right now in our lives? When we pray, we should expect that God will answer our prayers. Matthew 21, 22 says, and all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. We have to believe that God is going to answer our prayers. But are there times in our life when God doesn't answer our prayers with a yes? And the answer is yes. And some reasons for that is number one is we have sin in our lives. 
whenever we're living in sin in our lives and we're making our requests to God, sometimes he doesn't hear our prayers and he doesn't answer our prayers in the, in the way with a yes answer because we're building a barrier, a wall between us and God whenever we have sin, not in our relationship, but in our fellowship with him. And so if we have sin in our lives, sometimes it leads to a no answer. Sometimes we answer or we ask with wrong motives. You know, many of us have seen that uh, there is a, I can't even think of what it is now, um, this lottery that's going on and, and you know, and man, I, we're praying to God that, you know, I'll be that winning number. I'll guess that winning number, even though I'm not buying a ticket, that somehow I'm gonna win this by a miracle of God. And so, and then some people will say, because I want to give some money to the church, but really, I just want to get rich. And so God probably will not answer that prayer because you're asking with wrong motives. Your intention is for yourself. You want things for yourselves. And whenever we ask with wrong motives, God oftentimes will give us that no answer. And then number three, it's not God's will. We're not asking according to God's will. Well, you say, well, how do I know God's will? How do you know God's will? You got to get into his word. You've got to abide in Christ. You've got to seek him day after day. And we've got to know what his will is for our lives. God tells us what his will is. It's found in his word. And if we want to know what God's will is, if we want to pray according to God's will, then we have to be in his word. So three reasons that we don't always get the yes answer that we want is because we have sin, wrong motives, or it's not God's will. When we pray, though, we can expect an answer from God. They are yes, no, and wait. And also know that whatever his answer is, whether it is yes, whether it is no, or whether it is wait, God's answer is what is best. Well, what happened? Look at verses 18 and 19 as we close this morning. Now, when the day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what could have happened to Peter. When Herod had searched for him and had found, had not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away to execution. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and was spending some time there. So there was this big disturbance. What in the world could have happened to Peter? I mean, we had 16 guards who, and two of them were chained to him. We had people at the gate of the prison. And so how in the world could he have ever got out of here? And then Herod goes and he's searching for him himself. He's like, how in the world could this have happened? He questions the guards, and I believe he questions the guards, and he realizes that they had absolutely nothing to do with it, but I'm going to execute those guys, and I'm going to make it look like that they had something to do with it because I don't want anyone to think that God performed a miracle and got Peter out of prison and that God works in those ways. I don't want people to know that, so I'm going to execute these guys. I'm going to make it look like it was their fault that he got out of there and I'm going to get myself out of there. I'm going to leave this area and I'm going to Caesarea so that I don't have to deal with all of these issues. So God is a God who answers prayers 
And what should we do when the trials and the tribulations come in our lives? We should do as the church did. We should go to God in prayer. And as we're asking those requests, lifting up those requests to God, we need to know that God is there and he is willing to answer. Even as we are making our requests, God is in the process of answering. And know that the church was not expecting an answer, but we should be expecting God to answer our prayers. So let's think about some applications. When trials and problems come in our lives, we need to respond by going to the Lord in prayer. We need to be praying to God and asking him for whatever our requests are, making our requests as specific as we can because God loves to hear from us and he loves to hear our specific requests. And whenever you make specific requests according to his will, without sin in our lives, with proper motives, he's gonna answer our requests according to our prayers, according to his will, and we're gonna get to give him the glory for everything that is done. So let's don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let's let our requests be made known to God. Let's let others in the body know our requests so that they can be praying for us as well, just as the church prayed for Peter while he was in prison. Number two is realize that while we're in the process of lifting up our requests, God is in the process of answering them. God knows what it is that we need. God knows our every request before we even make it. He's in the process of putting everything in motion, but he does want to hear from us. But we need to know that God's going to answer our prayers. And then number three is expect God to answer our prayers. Let's don't go to God with a half-hearted heart and going to God asking for things and not expecting him to answer. Let's go to God in prayer expecting him to do what is impossible with human power because he is all-powerful, almighty God. And whenever we go to him, let's examine our lives. Let's make sure we're in fellowship with him, that we have no sin in our lives, that our motives are pure, and that we're asking according to God's will. Expect God to answer your prayers. Put this into practice this week. There are trials and tribulations that come up, and we need to turn to God in prayer, expecting him to answer, because God answers our prayers even as we are praying.